Welcome to the All-American View. I'm Pastor Troy Smotherman. I'm back. I have a guest back. Nick Snowberger is back. We promised that we would do another segment, and we finally caught up with Nick's schedule and got him here. So I very much appreciate the time, Nick, that you're taking to do this uh, and to be part of this. I know uh, your time is extremely valuable, and so I apologize. I had a meeting, so I, we didn't even start on time to do this, and so I apologize for that. But, man, we're on track right now. I know we're going to roll. Uh, I, we promised the people we'd come back and talk about leadership again. And I started that last segment talking about the three things that that I really, uh, God has had me focused on. Uh, these are three things I'm going to teach at a leadership conference uh, next summer that I prayed about. And and uh, I wanted to narrow it down to, to three things. And so the three things that uh, we began to talk about was going the extra mile and then just being confident. And uh, then strategy. And we talked a lot about leadership last time, a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different things. Uh, but this time, I really, uh, we can touch on all of those, but I really want to talk about confidence. And, you know, one of the things that I see with people that are confident is that they're passionate about what they want to do. There's a passion, a fire burning inside of them that's not momentary. It's not just, it's not emotional. Uh, it carries emotion, but it's not purely emotional. It's there's a passion. There's something deep in them that they have a desire to build something, to do something uh, that they're willing to to do for a lifetime. They're willing to give their life to. They're willing to give uh, their time to, which is their life uh, to build, to do, to make happen. So, um, man, uh, Nick, let's talk about confidence. You said something uh, before we even started uh, the show about uh, consistency. And so let's, let's start with that because in order to be confident, you need to be consistent. Otherwise, you're not confident because you know you haven't done what you're supposed to do. So let's roll with that. So take off from there. First of all, say hi to everybody and let's thanks, go from thanks there. Thanks for having me back. First of all, it's a pleasure to be here. I get as much out of this, uh, hopefully, as uh, hopefully the listeners do as well because it really challenges my thinking and I love talking and and you know, engaging new perspectives and, and really just sort of expanding on, on my knowledge base. If I could take that confidence thing, even like back a step, let's and, go. And I think that, you know, a, a good leader um, and leadership in general uh, really revolves around a couple key things that, that, that help it be uh, as effective as it can be. And communication is one of those things. And so I find myself as a leader constantly talking to people and sometimes in large groups. And one of the things that makes um, public speaking uh, really, really more palatable for the public speaker, because, it, you know, it's been said that public speaking is uh, the number one fear of humans, even yeah. above death, is, is confidence. Like if you can get up in front of a group of people, it's obviously intimidating and they give you the you know, those tactics like, you know, carry a, a, a fidget in your pocket or imagine the, you know, the audience like they're clowns or, or whatnot. So you, it, not, not in today's world, clowns. I know. <laughs> That's right? a scary thought for most people in their underwear is what I used to Yeah, do. there you go. But um, the, 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 the very basic, simple thing is if you know what you're talking about, if you know the material, you can speak on it. And uh, uh, that that goes into as well the confidence in being a leader and, and, and what you were just referencing, which is if you're talking to a person, if you're leading a person or a team and you're up in front of them and you're sort of, you know, discussing kind of where the plan should go and what you think this could happen and maybe this will work and people aren't going to be convicted. People aren't going to be challenged at a level where they want to charge out from that meeting into, into the figurative battle. Maybe it's in a McDonald's restaurant or maybe it's in, their Christian walk of life, or maybe it's, you know, a, a team of uh, service people at a, at a, at a restaurant, they're not going to charge out with, with a mission if the leader is not confident. And so that confidence in, in my opinion is, is, is absolutely key. And there's a lot of ways to, to gain that confidence, uh, knowledge, like know what you're talking about, be the smartest that, that you can be, be the subject matter expert um, as much as you're able to always be a student of what you're leading. And that will translate into your communication skills and in your priorities as you set the mission, you know, ahead of you. It's just absolutely vital, but also consistency. And I think that's something that you tapped on for a second as well. People want to know that you're consistently going to be operating at the, at the top of your game. And that will, that will put in them the, 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 the sort of trust 
that that they can follow you uh, almost sort of blindly because you know what you're talking about. You're doing the work that they don't have to as far as being the subject matter expert. They don't have to go and double up on that work. They can sit there and say, this person knows what they're talking about. They know the mission. They know that if you do A, B, C, and D, you're going to get this incredible result. All I have to do is just jump in behind them and enjoy the success. And you'd be surprised how many people are eager to do that and do it enthusiastically if you're confident and consistent and you know what yeah, you're talking and, about. And those two things have to go together, the two Cs, confident, consistent, uh, because – you and I know people that, that are very, um, they, they might be subject matter experts, but they're so inconsistent. Or maybe they have a confidence, and because they don't have any consistency, it's almost like a false confidence. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, 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 you can talk this subject, and you know your subject, and yeah, 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 you, you're all fired up about it. But I've seen this before. You don't follow through. You're not consistent. You don't Absolutely. show up when you're supposed to. And, and you, you said a, a key word. It's trust. Mm-hmm. They have to. It's trust. They, you, they to, don't. People won't trust you, no matter how confident you are, if you're not confident and consistent. Exactly, and and they have to trust that you're going to do what you say, and that you say what you mean, and that if you set a clear expectation for a member of your team or the team in general, and then what what I always make a practice of doing, and not in a negative way, but I talk about the consequences. I talk about the expectation, and then what happens. What are the consequences when we meet this expectation and also when we don't? And so when we meet this expectation, like, you know, you set a target or a KPI mm -hmm. out for your team. And then you tell them, like, when we achieve this target, this is what you can expect to happen. We're going to have a celebration. Like, we're going to have a pizza party or, hey, guess what? We're all going to go out to dinner or guess what? We're all going to get a bonus or we're going to get, you know, something. A reward, an attaboy, something. But this is the expectation when you meet the target, but also this is the expectation, and this is what happens. This is what the the, the result is if we if we don't meet those targets. Like we're, we might have to make some changes to the team, or we're gonna have a follow up meeting, or we're gonna have a, a counseling session, and then he goes to the consistency part where, the 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 first time that you say that, and then they don't meet their targets, or they do meet their targets, and you don't follow through with that, you know that result, of what happens if they do or don't meet that expectation then you're going to lose almost all credibility. And the next time you set out to say, this is the mission, and then this is why we need to get it done. And this is what happens if we don't. They're going to be like, you may or may not show up. I don't know. Again, it's that they consistency. Lose, they lose all confidence, and, and your integrity is in check. It is. And, and again, um, Talk it's about a morale being, buster. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's a big-time morale buster. And it's not just confidence. You know, a lot of people have some self-confidence. Some of it's... Some of it's um, uh, real and some of it's deceptive, you know, yeah. and, it, and it comes back to that consistency, follow up, follow through, because, you know, people like to follow confident leaders, but they won't follow you if that confidence doesn't have which we're talking about, which is consistency in all the follow through. Uh, people want to see that there are consequences or there are rewards and that they're real. Now, Nick, I know you. I've known you for a long time. You're a high I personality, um, and, and you're probably an ID uh, personality. Um, but so I know that organization is important to you, but I don't know if you have C organization, like you're driven to organize everything in your life. So what do you do? Because I know there's a ton of people listening. Most people are S personalities, which organization is they're real consistent, but they're not always consistent in doing the right things. And so we need to talk about that, too. But how do you compensate in your organization for parts of your personality that you can make yourself do for a period of time because you have D and you D's can make themselves do just about anything? Oh, absolutely. Uh, they could, but they, they don't like it or uh, they can't maintain it forever because it's just not who they are right. and how they really want to function. So how do you how do you compensate for that? Because, we've got, like I said, most people are S personalities, which are more passive, uh, passive people, uh, very loyal, very people oriented, great to have on your team because they're consistent. They like security. But at the same time, they're not task oriented where they need to be and, and they lack some consistency there. So everybody has these spots in their personalities that they got to make up for. How do you make up for it? 
So a uh, great question. And, and it's so funny because this ties into so many different things that I, I've looked at and studied. But the first thing that pops in my mind is um, uh, when I learned about love languages. And um, the, another thing that I thought of was um, A people hire A people and B people hire C people. And I love that saying. Uh, but what, what it really boils down to is, uh, you know, great leaders and people who are really effective leaders have also uh, traditionally become very adept at, at sort of um, profiling people that they work with and they deal with. They, they figure out what kind of people that they're, they're talking to. And I think we touched about this and touched on this at, at one of our previous sessions where an effective leader who communicates effectively doesn't expect every person that they're communicating to to respond to their style of, of leadership. They have done the work to profile the person that, 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 that they're exchanging with, that they're interacting with, communicating with, and saying to themselves before that meeting, what kind of personality, what kind of uh, character, what kind of person am I dealing with, and what approach is going to get the absolute best result out of this person as possible? And that's a very humble um, reverse way of looking at it because most people who are in leadership positions have done, you know, uh, uh, accomplished or, 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 you know, performed certain things to get to that position. And they've got a, a sense of authority there and also a sense of, well, now that I'm here and I've shown that I can do it correctly and, and lead in this category, I expect everyone else to do it the exact same way I do. But that's a very um, uh, egocentric way to look at things and not everyone's built the same. And, and it ties right back into the question of how do you how do you uh, make up for your own personal uh, defects and character flaws or areas that you're just not as uh, 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 successful in as others? So like for me, consistent organization is absolutely one of those things. I can force myself into a situation where I can get organized for a trip, but I don't leave a totally organized life. And so, what do I do? What 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 should a person do? They should, first of all, figure out exactly, and there's the DISC profile system and there's other Which tools out there. Which is one of my favorite tools. Exactly. You need to figure out exactly where you're strong and exactly where you're not, and then you have to do a good job of finding people that, that complement your weaknesses because 99% of the time when you find those people to support you, your strengths complement their weaknesses, and you make an incredible team. And that's but, usually how marriages work. Opposites usually attract. The, the love problem languages. with it yeah. is – well, that's even the DISC. Opposites attract. Uh, in yes, in love languages, they're usually opposite too. Uh, but then they repel each other because they get on each other's nerves because they're not like each other. And until you understand what you're talking about, what we're talking about right now, until you understand that, you're never going to value anybody else's strengths and, and weaknesses, uh, or see their weaknesses and value their strengths. And, and incorporate that into your life and teach them to incorporate your strengths into their life. And so 100%. That, that's, that's huge. You when, you, when you open this up with profiling people, that's huge to leadership. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge. vital. But, and when you talk about situations when the opposites are, are together, even in a marriage or like for a perfect example, I have people around me in my organization, Christy and Joe. Uh, Christy Taggart is my director of HR training and development. Joe's my director of operations. Joe's a lot like me, but he is much more um, in tune with the nuts and bolts of the business. He knows how the back behind the scenes works, and he's got a ton more patience than I do, which is huge he, for me. He's like you in some ways, in but some I see ways. I see the SC in him, big time, the personality because he's he can't be he can't be off the chain. Uh, motivated and energized the way you are. He just, the he place, do it. the place he's at, he can't be that. No. And so and you don't need him to be that. All I the, don't. He can do it. He can, he, he can, can put flow. the hat on. He can sure. put just the like hat. I can get organized for a trip. Exactly. But, my life. exactly. but what you just said was so important. I think for this conversation, because what you said was that you get these opposites around each other and they repel each other. And that is a perfect example of a lack of leadership, a exactly. lack of communication. Any, if you just took the time for some self-awareness and for some inner interpersonal communication with that person that you're repelling against, and you know where I learned this from? I learned this directly from Pastor Sean Kelly. He sat down with, with Suji and I and walked us through how the fact that we're opposites and the fact that we don't agree on everything is, mm. is like I wonder where us, he learned that. I know, right? <laughs> the, for us, that was a point of, of argument, a point of um, abrasion. That we had no idea that that was one of the strongest things about our marriage. And then uh, when I translated that to my business, 
And I made people aware of the fact that you're not me. And that's a phenomenally great thing. The last thing I want is a yes man who's trying to mimic and emulate the same kind of actions that I'm doing. Like your role is different than mine and you have different functions to perform. And when you're doing what you do at the top level and I'm doing what I do at the top level, we're unstoppable. And with that kind of situational awareness, and it takes the leader to bring that awareness to the situation, then that repel turns into synergy. And man, you operate at such a high level because I have people that are around me that support me with those logistics and the organization and keeping me on time and keeping my head straight. And at the same time that they're doing that, they're feeding off of my energy and my passion and the drive that I have for this business. And we're fueling each other. And it's just absolutely incredible. Well, and so it takes a leader that is self-aware, um, that looks at these things. It's a learner. Um, what I've established in, in you know, uh, I value Pastor Sean, you know, a great deal. He's my executive associate pastor, but he didn't know all this stuff. He didn't know any of this stuff. Sure. But what happened was, is I became a student because when you fail um, and when things don't turn out gr- gr- good for you, uh, and I was failing at marriage. I was failing in my marriage. Uh, Julie and I, our first year, couple of years of marriage were awful. Uh, we didn't even have really a great honeymoon period. We got in a fight leaving the wedding um, over washing the car. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to get to the apartment uh, because we were starting our honeymoon. I can't imagine why. And, and, she, <laughs> yeah. uh, and she was embarrassed uh, that they had written on our car. She's an S. She doesn't want to be noticed. I did not care one bit. And so we got in a fight over stopping and washing the car and cleaning it up. And so she wanted to do that before we drove too far. I could care less. I had, I was on a mission and we fought the first day in So for almost two years. And so during that period of time is when I discovered the DISC. Yeah. And I began to, and really what happened is I went into prayer and I went into prayer for God to fix Julie. And I wasn't in five minutes before he spoke to me and said, the problem's you. And I'm like, no, the problem's Julie's like, no, I'm God. Right. Right. The problem's you. I'm always right. Right. You're right. The problem's me. And so, and he, and he's began to deal with me about leadership and he began to deal with me about becoming, judging my own heart before I judged her. Um, that's why God, God put the leadership practice in he, he, everything we know now, DISC, love languages, I don't care what you're talking about on leadership. God has already written in the word. That's why he said, take the plank out of your eyes before you take the toothpick out of somebody else's judge yourself before you judge anybody else. He doesn't say that we never judge anybody else. He just said, listen, in order to properly do any of that with mercy and compassion and correctly, you got to first have the heart to judge yourself. Otherwise, you'll never be, you'll never, you'll never be use the word self-aware enough to really speak into anybody else's life. Uh, and so we begin by judging our own hearts. And so that's where God uh, took me. And in that process, I discovered the DISC and began to really study that. And Julie and I bought books. Uh, we bought the, uh, as soon as that love language book came out, first year it was out probably first month, brilliant book. we bought that. We bought, we bought books on intimacy. We bought books on communication. I mean, we just started reading. Um, and I had to begin with me and I wasn't reading to correct her anymore because I thought she was the problem. She thought I was the problem. I was learning to correct me. And so again, you said something really vital that the leader, that's a leadership issue when there's all that strife. Because the leader's not self-aware enough to realize you need all these personalities and to bring the strengths out of them. You can't, the D personality, the driven D personality is only 3% of the population. 3%. Wow. Looks like 25% on this pie graph It's here. not 25% on the pie. No. On the pie graph, they're just, they're, they're so, cut, yeah. carving it up. But if you look at the percentages, it's only 3% are Ds. And there's a reason for that. D's love each other and like each other, but they have to make a real effort to work together. Um, but but um, there's a reason for, for that in the population. God made it that way for a very specific purpose. And so, but it doesn't matter if you're D, I, S, or C. You can be a great leader if, you're, if you will do what you just talked about. 
if you'll become self-aware and do exactly what the Word of God says and begin to judge your own heart. And when you do that, you'll learn your strengths, you'll learn your weaknesses, and you'll have an actual eye open, like you said, profile, to actually see others. Yeah. And you won't see them from a, always a negative, critical standpoint, the way Julie and I saw each other, and the way people can see each other. You'll begin to see each other for the strengths and weaknesses that that person really has, and you'll help their weaknesses, but you'll also play to their strengths. And that's how you talked about synergy, working that that's energy working together. That's how you get people to work together. And when you get people to work together, that's when you can, you can actually accomplish something bigger than yourself. I think you're, I think you're hitting uh, the nail on the head right there. You know, the being a leader is, is, sometimes viewed as a, as a solo job, but a leader only has to stop and turn around and see who's following to see if he's really a leader or not, or how effective a leader of a leader he is. But ultimately a leader isn't judged by the works of his own hands. He's judged by the works of his team's hands. Exactly. And so, so you have, you, you put up a, a team of, of 20 D's together and you're not going to accomplish about anything, but you know, that, that, that inclusive, uh, diverse in, in, in personalities and, and strengths and weaknesses is absolutely vital for the success of a team. And really the, you know, the, the unfortunate circumstance is that it falls on the leader to, to make those decisions and, uh, uh, construct that team in a way where, and I, I talk to my managers a lot in my restaurants when they're, you know, as a GM, the general manager is in charge of everything that happens inside that restaurant. And the average, you know, volume of a McDonald's is about three and a half million dollars. It's a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I'll ask him, I say, what, what, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about for, for the next person you want to promote to manager? And anyone in our organization that carries the, the title manager, even if it's just like manager in training, manager is synonymous with leadership. Like that's the number one trait that we look exactly. for. I said, this person needs to be a manager. And I say, why? Well, they're absolutely hardworking. They're reliable. They, uh, uh, they, they say yes to any, you know, great attitude, say yes to anything I ask. And they're always on time. I was like, okay, well, none of those things directly describe a leader. <laughs> so explain to me again, why they're a good manager, why they're a good candidate for being a manager. Are they a good team builder? Do they communicate well? Do they, do they have charisma? And we start going through the real things that they, kind of define, yeah. a, are they consistent? Are they, are, you know, do they have a, 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 a people that they, that they, already have looking up to them as setting the example and and it really challenges the way that they think because what they at the end of the day what they're doing is they're building a team and it's kind of like managing a baseball team that if you wanted to hire everyone that was just like you and have that really like low level of thinking you'd have a team of all pitchers or a team of all quarterbacks but there are people on the team that need to fill other roles and you have to open your eyes that this person may be a little different than you but it doesn't mean that they're not absolutely perfect for your team. But so many times we go out there, we look for that big, like in your face, face person that, that is, you know, like speaks well and, and, and is, you know, you know, presents himself well and, and is a great job of, of communicating, but you have all great communicators and, and you're not, you don't have the, the tools you need for your team to be successful. Yeah. You don't have anybody organizing. You don't have anybody that, is empathizing with people, with customers or people that you're dealing with in our case, you know, just people in general. Um, but yeah, you, you gotta have every part to that team. It takes everybody to, to function and, and you, and you hit it. I really like what you said. And first of all, I don't want to take any away from pastor Sean. He does a great job on communicating the information. Um, uh, but, uh, the, some people don't want to lead. They don't. Yeah, that's it, totally and some true. Some people are, you know, you listed it on time, good attitude, hard workers, and that's why they want to promote them. But they don't have the other intangibles. Can they learn them? Let me say this to everybody: most leaders are 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 built, not born. Let me let me say that most leaders are built, not born. I, I'd say ninety-seven percent are. Built, not born. To, I couldn't agree lead. more. And I'll tell you this. I don't even think that a, a good leader is ever finished being built. 
No, yeah, yeah, still building. It's always a, a work in progress, and that's one thing I've committed. You stop being the to. leader when you stop when you stop. You growing. do. I've you always do. committed. I've you know for a long time now. I've committed myself to being a better version of myself tomorrow than I am today, which has put me on this like sort of endless journey of 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 growth and development. But but the one thing that that has done for me more than anything is always put me in a position to be observant of anything around me that could that could change my perspective, grow my perspective, give me another tool or another avenue on how to lead more effectively, I'm, I'm receptive to it. The second that you're not, then you're closed off from new ideas. You're closed off from innovation and you're closed off from how things are going to change in the future because they're changing at a pace right now that is so rapid. But to touch base on, uh, uh, to touch on something that you just said a second ago, it's so funny because I have a, a, early in my career as a McDonald's owner, I had an experience that, that really taught me a valuable lesson. We had this, this gentleman, um, Anthony Lara, that worked at the North McDonald's, guarantee you out of the 570 employees I have, he is heads and tails, the most friendly person in my entire organization. You can count on him for hospitality consistently. Without Some people question. just have it, but he's a really, he's a really thin guy. He probably weighs like 120 pounds dripping wet. And, and he's, he's, he's a little, um, he's a little technical minded. So I had this, this opportunity. So he's, 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 he's a, one of these techies kind of a totally a techie. Yeah. But 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 um, I had this idea to promote him to be the, the the technology lead for the entire company, and because uh, I just thought he had, he had the aptitude for it, and I thought you know he's got a great attitude, let's do it. So Joe and I went to the restaurant, we sat down with him, and he he just kind of looked at us, and his eyes kind of glazed over as we were explaining what was going to happen. We're going to send him to Chicago to get trained for this and everything. He's like, okay, yeah, okay, sounds great. And then we got up and left, and he quit that day. We tried to give him a raise and a promotion, and he quit that day. It took me two weeks to track him down, and I cornered him at Panda <laughs> Express. Someone told me it was at Panda Express. I cornered him at Panda Express. I said, what happened? He's like, I didn't want any of that stuff. You you scared the snot out of me. I didn't, you know, whatever. I said, Anthony, yes. do me a favor. Come back to work for me. Go back to doing exactly what you were doing. I will never try that again. Please, please come back. He said, okay, I'll come back. He came back. It's been four years since then. He's still doing the exact same thing, and he's happy as a clam. Again, you don't have to become a leader if you don't want to. You, don't. you can find your it's, place. It scared him so bad. Yeah, you can find your place and be happy in it. Him. And I don't, you know, I think probably before I was saved and before God really dealt with my heart, I probably looked down on that a little bit, on people that aren't as motivated as I am. I did I've always been very driven and I don't anymore. I just realized that people find their place of peace. They find a place where they fit and they find a, and they're content and they have, they're a, content. They have a place on your team. Yeah. And a they have a place. One. Yeah. And they're content there and it's okay. It's okay for them to stay there. If, if they're playing the role and if it's still productive and it, you know, the problem I see with that is, and, and if they're okay with the finances, the financial rewards they're getting there, because there's going to be a lid to that. There is, there's a lid. To, there's only so much of that, that there's going to be a lid. But again, uh, you know, leadership, you're only going to go as far as your pain threshold. You only go as far. And, and that includes your, your challenge threshold being challenged like he got challenged you're only going to go that far in in some people have a lower pain threshold and they don't they don't want to challenge every day they don't want to challenge every year who, who am i to decide the, what kind of income level he needs to be yeah happy? it's not my you know and i used to kind of think that way and judge that wrongly and and but i don't anymore i'm like yeah who, who am i that's between them and God and their family and in their own life, you know, and now I value just like you do. You value employees like that, that have been with you that long, that do a great job at what they do. Mm -hmm. You need him. You absolutely, you I need absolutely him. need him. You have to have people that will, you know, I, I read a vision a long time ago that it, it involved, it was pretty powerful, but um, uh, it was, it was a vision about the kingdom of God. And um, he, God, uh, the, the spirit of the Lord had taken him into this place where there was this ladder and he, and, and you'd go up a couple rungs, there'd be a little platform to go up a couple rungs and be a platform. And so he said, watch, watch this. And so people would come and there was a guy standing at the bottom of that and he would help them up the first rung. And then there was someone at the second rung, third rung, and he kept helping them up. 
you know, people that were keep moving up. And then every once in a while, people would stop at that platform and help and stay there and help people at that yeah. level. And you can already see where this is going. Yeah. This is, this is true. This is pretty powerful vision. And, um, and he said, Hey, why aren't those people that are staying down at the bottom or at the second or third or whatever? How come they're not keep, how come they don't keep moving up? And, and he looks back at them and they're all smiling at him. All those people. They said, well, this is my spot. This is what I'm supposed to do. Happy. I'm supposed to stay right here and help people get to the next level. That's, That's my powerful. job. That's powerful. my job. And so not only just in corporate, corporate world, but just in, in God's kingdom, there's people that are supposed to stay, people that are supposed to move forward, people that are supposed to do this, and people that are supposed to do that. And it's finding that. And having a passion for it and, and really finding your place in that. Now, for those who want to grow and want to become greater leaders, uh, it starts with what you talked about, showing up on time, consistency, what we're talking about in general, showing up on time, having you know a good, consistent attitude, good work ethic, and, and then having a desire to grow. Then, you know, I know you take those people like, okay, you want to grow. Let's let's develop your vision let's develop your your team building skills let's develop your um your uh your charisma let's let's develop you uh, that you're actually you can lead yourself really well let's let's learn how to lead others now yeah and and have a natural attraction you know just there there'll be a natural attraction i know you nick you walk into a room and you're you're with a group of people for two or three weeks uh eventually they're just going to look at you and go hey man why don't you be the president yeah, yeah, I get that. I, yeah, I, I've experienced that before. <laughs> I, I, I get that a lot too, because just it just eventually leadership just starts coming out of you, and people start recognizing it. Even in and, just your body language. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you know, you touched on something that 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 actually I have a, a saying for, and um, I think it's incredibly relevant. It goes, you don't have to be the best in the world at something; you just have to be the best you can be for the world. And I think that one of a, the jobs of a leader. And, and I take this very, very seriously is, um, to help people realize their potential and, um, fulfill it. I, I truly believe that, that part of my job in McDonald's and being sort of an eight restaurant franchisee owner with the, you know, the, the people under, under and around me that I have, my job is to, to gauge their potential level and then do everything I can to help them realize it, provide them with the tools, the resources, the support, the leadership. Um, at various levels to, to really come into their own and to grow into the leaders, not the leaders, the, 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 the potential that they're supposed to fulfill given the tools that they were given by God. And I think that's one of the most more important jobs of a leader for their team. I, I, I agree with that. That's, a, that's the only way you build something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I say that all the time. You can't build something bigger than yourself by yourself. Yeah. That's, you'll, that's you'll end so up building true. as big as you can. Mm -hmm. But if you want to build it bigger than you, you got to have a team. And like you said, you can't have all pitchers, all catchers, you can't have all quarterbacks or linemen. You gotta have you gotta have everybody that plays a role and, and willing to play that role and willing to um, you know, grow in that role or or to just play that role and be content and be happy and and just play that that part that part that God has intended for them to play. Not everybody wants to be, you know, uh, wants to own a store. Not everybody wants to there's a there's pain that comes with that. There's challenges that come with that. There's risk <coughs> that comes with things like that. And not everybody wants to take those and and they're happy. People will you disappoint know? you. And I used to think people could not be happy. How are you happy? Why? Because <laughs> I I wasn't even self-aware enough to realize that there were different personalities. I thought it was weakness. Did you think the same thing? A hundred percent. I thought it was, it was a, weakness. A, a character flaw. Yes, I did too. I thought it was character I it was flaw. Putty. I thought it was weakness. It's putty and I need yeah. something a little sturdier. Yeah. And so, and now I realize it's not a character flaw. And those are the things Julie and I used to fight about because she's a high S she's a S C I. And I'm a, I'm a D I was pure D back then before God really started dealing with me and opened my, opened me up to more of what I had inside of me and what he had placed inside of me. And so we had, we had great conflict because we were just total opposite personalities. You can't be more opposite than a D and an S yeah. unless you're a C and an I. And so those are the, those are the great op, the extreme opposites of personalities. And so anyway, um, 
let, let, let's let's try to we only got a few minutes left. let's try to wrap this up and try to draw i know this is so much so much more we could talk about and nick i just want to say something man you you do a great job at this thank at you this kind of thing you do a great job you've thought a lot about it that's obvious uh if you're not taking notes listen i'm a learner i, I you know i'm taking notes i take notes I, I i you know um we you just know, take so, notes a little differently yeah we talked about that. I'm, I'm real old school. Uh, he's new school. Uh, but but the same thing, I just want to learn. I want to grow from it. So if you were to boil down confidence, because there's three things that, that I really believe you need, the extra mile confidence. And, um, and, and the reason I put extra mile first is because uh, of what Jesus does. Agape love is I'm going to sacrifice so you can be better. Mm-hmm. That's agape love. That's the greatest love yeah. in the kingdom. That's the God kind of love. And so that's why I put it first. Most people probably put confidence, strategy, extra mile. and may put extra mile at the bottom, but I put it at the top because God puts it at the top. I agree with that. And it's, so, easy to, it's easy to be um, considerate and to love when it's easy or convenient for you. Exactly. And when it costs you nothing. That's what I hate. I hate when I see online and um, people will post on social media, thoughts and prayers. It's the easiest, most inconvenient way to to woke okay you've got my consideration for your plight or your do something donate time or money or call or something when it's when it's inconvenient agape love that's when it's the most meaningful it is when you're really sacrificing for others and and you know that's what bugs me i'm gonna get uh, this is spiritual to me not political that when you look at the finances of biden and Kamala harris and and all the democrats and what they give they give nothing, nothing to charity. It's, it's it costs them nothing. They use our money all day. Yeah, they'll use others' money, but they give nothing yeah. to charity. I mean, it's it's abysmal. Even if you look at the charities charity, that they champion, like the Clinton Foundation, mm -hmm. and that what percentage, if you were to donate to the Clinton Foundation, what what percentage of your dollar makes it to the intended recipient, the beneficiary? It's less than 10%. Yeah, it's less than 10. 90-something percent of it goes to in other people's pockets. Yeah. And that's what they used it for mm -hmm. and for their own personal benefit. So, again, even the – anyway, I don't want to get too far off on foundations because now every professional athlete has a foundation. People have foundations. And most of them, not all of them, are using them to pay their mama, to pay their wife. And so they're just keeping that money in the family, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really go to – you know, they do one or two things that – Makes him look like a hero, but most of the money, like you said, is going someplace else. That's a, so, that's a separate conversation. For sure. Yeah, that is. But let's get back to confidence. So, with, with with we talked about confidence, we talked about consistency uh, that builds with those two things that builds trust. G give me some other things that you would just kind of uh, just wrap up what we're talking about when it talks about when we're talking about a confidence. What comes with confidence in a confident leader? I think uh, I think humility comes with confidence. I think it comes with confidence a big, you know, in a big way, really because a confident leader has to know that be confident in the fact that he's not perfect and he's not infallible. And so when those moments that that arise, and they surely will, where you're called out or you make a mistake or the plan doesn't go uh, as perfectly as you think it does, that you take that gracefully and you don't let that defeat you and define you or, or break you or, or destroy the team. And to sit there and look at that confidently, that failure or that mistake or someone calling you out on a fact that you got wrong, look them square in the face and say, oh, you know what, you're right. Thank you very much for that. Let's, 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 let's get back on course here and not sit there and, and buck up and don't you challenge me. I'm the leader. I'm the boss. Then you'll lose your team overnight. You'll you know lose your wife. Yeah, yeah, big time. So <laughs> because I think that ain't going to work. You'll lose your kids. Big time. Your kids won't respect you either in that situation. So I think being part of being confident is also being humble and, and, and uh, being very real with your people. Uh, but I think a lot of it goes back to, uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine someone who's confident that doesn't have the, the, the time studying and knowing the material and what they're passionate about. And, you know, as long as you're endeavoring after, you know, good things, things that are worth knowing more and investing into, uh, it's, it's just going to make you a, a stronger leader, a stronger person, the more you know about it. And that's, and that ties right back into what I said earlier about really just always being in a position to learn and to grow and never thinking that, you know what, I'm there. I've accomplished everything. I'm done learning and turn that switch off. 
If you're always there and you're always a student and you're always looking for, for more information to grow and like what's going to make me better and help shape me, and that, that gives you a level of confidence because when, you, when you're there, when you say you're there, then people will challenge you. People will, 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 will come up and try to knock you out. I mean, they'll, they'll try and get in your face. But when you're like, man, hey, listen, I'm, I'm still learning too, then, then it gives you the room to make mistakes. What I always say, though, is if I make a mistake, and I'm going to, I only make them once because I'm a quick learner. You make a mistake more than once, and it becomes a crime. You know, but if you if you stay in that that growth and development mode, then it allows you to make mistakes and you're not scared of those mistakes. And the fear of mistakes can sometimes cripple you as a leader. So stay cripples a lot of people fear of failure. Yeah. So stay in that mode of growth and development and you're always improving and you'll you'll be surprised at how much that will bolster your confidence. See, and, and, and again, people will follow that because we talked about being real. Um, and when you're humble, biblically hum, humility, you know, we, most people know this scripture for those who don't, uh, it, it's very powerful. He said, I, I resist the proud. What is proud? Unteachable, mm-hmm. unwilling to grow, um, stagnant, uh, arrogant, um, very un- egocentric, yeah, e- egocentric, my way or the highway. Yeah. Uh, narcissistic, very selfish. So Uh, perfect word. And so, and, but he said, I pour more and more of my grace on the humble. And that when God, when in the word of God, that, that, that is like a, um, a present, I don't know what they call it on all my English present participle where it's like, it's, you stay humble Mm -hmm. always, always. It's a continual process of learning that's not a decision. It's, it's yeah. who you are. Yeah, it's not a one-time, like you said, one-time yeah. decision. It just becomes, yeah, it becomes a part of you that you're just, you're always wanting to learn and grow and be teachable. And I'll say this too, man, you know, in our, in our meetings when I'm wrong, man, you got to have confidence. When you have real confidence, real confidence, you never buck up the way you described. You, you can laugh at yourself. Oh, Totally. Man, and if you can't laugh at yourself, you're not really confident. And I, I, I know because I've been on both sides of that where I wasn't confident enough in myself that I could laugh at my fact. If I thought anybody was laughing at me, I wanted to fight. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would, I, I would perceive that they like were laughing that. at me. I'd walk in a room and people are laughing. If they even glanced at me, I thought they were laughing at me. I was that yeah. insecure because that, that, that false confidence is very insecure. Mm-hmm. But real confidence is secure enough to laugh at yourself, to, to, uh, make mistakes, make mistakes and pick up and say, yeah, man, I blew that. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to fix it. You know, like you said, I'm going to fix it and I'm not going to keep making the same mistake. You know, I'm going to learn from this and grow from it. As long as you have that attitude, then it's never a mistake. It's an opportunity to, to improve and become better and learn. That's great. That's a great. Gosh, failure is such an, an, an unbelievable learning opportunity. It is. It, it, it and you learn the more from best failure. Lessons, it does. Man. It teaches the best lessons. But so many people are afraid of it. And so because they lack confidence, it's real confidence. What we're talking about is real confidence yeah. today, not a false confidence, not a fake, you know, bravado. Um, and so because they, they, they have that fake, it's fake. It's not real to them. They're so afraid of failure, mm-hmm. of criticism, of of looking like a failure of people thinking them as a failure. And instead of embracing that, I heard a, uh, my wife sent me this, the Duke women's, one of their basketball coaches was talking to the team and said, Hey, if you're expecting life to get easier, you, you you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. She said, this is quite really the opposite. good. She said, what happens to you is not that life gets easier. You just get better at handling hard yeah that's very true you just get better at handling hard so it seems easier but you're just better at handling hard because it does she said you think you're going to get a duke university degree and you're going to leave it's going to get easier oh no you're sadly mistaken people's expectations are going to be through the roof exactly and she said also you know you play basketball here that's why when you reach one level we push you to another one because you got to get better at, at, at tackling hard. And again, all these statements come back to the scripture. God said, handle life like a good soldier. Mm-hmm. 
What do good soldiers do? Just watch any war movie. The good soldiers, they'll cry, they'll bury their buddies, and then someone will say, hey, we got to go to the next thing. It's time to go to work. They get up, they go to the next battle. Absolutely. They, they get up and do the next right thing. You can't be afraid of failure because it's inevitable. We are, we are flawed humans. Like We are born into sin. We're going to trip. We're going to fail. We're going to experience those things. It's in that moment of failure that we get to decide what it's going to do to us. And it's, a, it's the difference between that person that sits there and makes a mistake or fails, and you look at them, and they, they start hanging their head, and they start moping, and they want to throw in the towel, and they want to quit. But then you see that one person in the room that failed, and they're staring at the ground, and they're gritting their teeth, and they're focused, and they're strategizing in that moment what they're going to do different next time. And, and that failure was nothing but drive and determination for them. It was, it was a learning. And those people, I guarantee you, that persevere through that, uh, they turn into champions. They always do. And I've, I've, like, like you, I've learned my greatest lessons from failure. And I know a lot of people look at you. I, I don't know if they view me this way, but I, I'm sure they view you this way, and think he's never failed. He's never failed. He's never made a mistake. He's never blown a deal. He's never lost money. He's never, you know, but that's not true, personally or professionally. Is that true? Not true. I, I, let me just tell you, and this goes back to, like, even some of the greatest Tiger Woods and Kobe Bryant and some of the greatest people, the athletes and actors of our times. Uh, uh, I heard uh, Denzel Washington got turned down for, for audition after audition over 100 times, and then he nailed it and hasn't lost since. Uh, I, get, I get accused of that quite a bit. But those failures are, are absolutely a necessity and a part of life. And I would not be who I am today without them. I can tell you that right now. Now, I don't, God doesn't wish us to fail. But, man, what God does is he, he knows we're going to fail. <laughs> he doesn't wish it upon us. It just He knows that, that that's what we're going to do to ourselves or others are going to create situations where we fail. It, it, and so whether it's somebody else did something or you did it or you part of it, whatever it is, what God does best is he takes those moments and says, okay, let's grow. Let's learn. Let's get tougher. Absolutely. Let's get, I'm going to create in you. You're going to be a good soldier. Good soldiers handle hard things and just keep on marching and keep on going to the next battle and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and keep living life and winning victories. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, if you give up or you're afraid to fail, so you don't risk or you failed, have failed. And now it's like touching a hot stove. You, you, you vow to yourself, be careful making these vows. I'll never ever do that again. I mean, man, when you make those kind of vows, God, the whole spiritual realm hears it. And God said, when you make a vow, you'll be held to it. I know people that have failed as children that said, I'll never risk again. I know people failed in relationships said, I'll never love again. Yet they try to go to another relationship, but they made a vow. Mm -hmm. And until they face it, that vow and deal with that vow, I'll never trust her again. I'll never do this again. I'll never do. When you start making those nevers or always vows, God said those are some power. Speaking of those absolutes. Oh, man. man. Yeah. God, God, he said in Leviticus, I'll hold you to every vow. Yeah. So the only way out is repentance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say, God, release me from the vow I Very made. Because I, so. I know people that are still failing in relationships that made a vow when they were children. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be real careful in those, those statements you make and those things that you say when you fail. Because not Don't only say, I'll never do it again. Say, I'll learn from this. I might never make that mistake again, but I'll, to say, I'll never risk again, I'll never try again, I'll never go for it again, those are... It does those something are, in your head. It, it seals it, it, man. It puts a barrier exactly. that you don't even realize subconsciously in your head. And spiritually. It yeah. sets things in motion in the spiritual realm yeah. that... That will shut off every opportunity to you. Yeah. It's crazy how God views it. All this stuff we're talking about, God wrote about it. He wrote it out. It's all in the word. Every bit of this. Every leadership thought and idea we've talked about. Personalities. I mean, he talks about all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, you know me. I'm going to bring it back to the word. That's where, that's where our foundation is. That's where the rock is. And so, but guess what? No matter what's happened in your life, if you failed, um, and you've made a vow, I mean, there's a way out. 
and it's it's your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, he'll forgive you. He'll release you from those vows. If you vowed to somebody else that uh, a, a negative vow like that, an ungodly vow, um, man, you, you can get released from that too. Um, there's a way out. God will make a way out if you'll get your heart right and repent. That means change. Change how you think. If you vowed to never risk again or try again or, you know, whatever, never love again, uh, man, God, God will help you. Maybe you've wanted to be a leader and you've been afraid. Well, God will, man, he'll help you remove those fears. I don't, I can't do it without him, Nick. I can't do it without him. I would have blown this a long time ago without him. I'd have blown marriage. I'd have blown fatherhood. I would have blown, I would have made, what I mean by blowing it, I'd have made such big mistakes. They would have marked, uh, they would have marked my life and the lives of those around me. Sure. I can't pastor without him. Same. Um, I don't want to do anything without him. He's my business partner. He's my, he's my marriage counselor. He's my, uh, he teaches me how to be a father. Uh, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, I just can't do things without him. I don't want to do things without him. Yeah. And so, well, Nick, listen, we got to wrap it up. You and I both have stuff to go to. Um, but, uh, I want to, I want to give you another opportunity today to, to pray for people that maybe, um, maybe lack confidence, maybe, um, you know, have have uh, failed and hit rock bottom and don't know how to get up. I just let's just pray for them. Or maybe someone that's out there that's. I mean, it's 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 good things are happening, but they want they want to take another step. So, man, pray all that out for them and let's stand together. Dear Father God, I want to first say thank you for having me uh, join Pastor here on this podcast to to really just celebrate and talk and and to grow on each other and to sort of expand our perspectives and, and continue our own development. Father God, I I pray with my whole heart, Father, that this is a a resource and a tool that 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 people listening will experience and learn and and hear things that will change their lives that will help them tap into a, a new part of themselves that will help them expand as an individual to, to do a number of things, Father God, to help their marriage, to help them in their careers, to help themselves as, as mothers or fathers or brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, and their families, Father God, just to be better members of society, Father. I think that in this, in this, in this country today, Father God, character and, and people settling is one of the bigger issues that we're dealing with. And, and, and I hope that this is a resource and a tool, Father God. I ask that you bless them. I ask that you give them a clear mind, Father God, clarity around their, their, their motives, clarity around their direction, around realizing their potential, Father God, to, to be the best that they can be for this world, for the people that they love and the people around them, the people in their lives, uh, in their careers and everything, Father God. Thank you again for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's only through him, Father, that we're all saved. Uh, amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, this has been the All-American View. I want to thank you, Nick, again. What Man, you do such a great job, uh, and, and I'm very blessed and honored that you'd come and spend this time with us. And I want to thank all of you for listening. I uh, hope you learned something. hope you got something out of this. Man, I want you to have an awesome, awesome week. God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. This is the All-American View, and we're out.